Today on the podcast, we're going to talk about the college admission, the process from mission to paying for college with my guest, Stephanie Crowley, off the upcoming book, Easy Education, The Smart Way to Make College Work for the Rest of Us, next on the podcast. Let's do this. Welcome to the No Sitting on the Sideline Dad podcast, a podcast about a journey of discovery and conversations about not sitting on the sideline of life. Let's get involved. Here's host Joe Foley. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Hey, my name is Joe Foley. I'm a dad, a parent, and a crazy busy adult in this world. And I really want to say thank you for being here. I know as parents, dads, moms, we're always busy. I mean, we got carpool, actually carpool, this, this time this recording, it's summertime, but vacations, getting kids ready, putting their clothes away, stuff like that. We're busy. So I know your time is limited. You choosing to spend time listening means a lot. And this is your first time. Welcome. Welcome to the podcast. The stuff that you expect in this podcast topics are like sugar addiction, eye parenting. I even had a person diving for coins and uh, digital nomads, families that live around the different parts of the country, talk about mental health, dealing with grief, dealing with divorce. Kind of stuff that um, I think would be interesting because I'm going through that stuff myself. And I'm, this is a journey of discovery, trying to be a better person, better mom, better dad. I enjoy my journey and I want to share it with you and the people I meet because they're very interesting and they cover a lot of interesting topics that I think it might be helpful for us, me and you. I'm very interested in the next topic that's called the, the college admission process. It's something I've never done. I, I, I did finish two years ago, almost finished two years ago. I missed my few credits. I think I should go back, actually. My guest, Stephanie Crowley. Stephanie Crowley is the mother of three kids and kids who have gone through the college process or finished the college process. She has a lot of um, experience dealing with this. So I'll show you wrote a few articles about it. It'll be links will be in the show notes. She's been in the process of even a proctor few entry exams. She's the author of upcoming book, Easy Education, The Smart Way to Make College Work for the Rest of Us. She says a lot of great information. If your kids are in the process of trying to figure out for college and, and going through the process, she shares a lot of great information. Welcome to the podcast, Stephanie. Hi, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Um, well, I got a funny question. I always like to start off funny questions. And oh, hey, in a three-day weekend, and it's always the start of summer. What do you like to do with your kids during the summer? They come back from college. They come back. I try to keep them very busy because the worst word to hear is, I'm bored. <laughs> <laughs> I'm thinking, really? Because <laughs> you could be working more then. Um, but yeah, they uh, the college two come home and they stay busy for uh, the majority of the summer. And then my other one that's in the real world is uh, already busy. Well, that's good. I mean, at least you're doing something. <laughs> yes, productive. Productive. You know, you know, we're not doing anything, you get in trouble. You get in- yeah, exactly. Exactly. One thing I like, especially when I look at your one sheet and I was, I was looking at your, your information, and I'm, the one thing I like that stands out the most is how to optimize a broken college search process. What is a college search process? What is a, when a person like a kid starts off, he starts off, mm-hmm. what is from freshman year, how does it go? I, I've never been, to, I, I didn't ever start the process, so I don't know. Oh, you're so lucky. <laughs> you have more, you have less gray hair than I do. Um, well, I, I think people are aware of the recent varsity scandal scandal about people paying to get in the back door. And I believe that's been going on for numerous years. I mean, we've all heard about past alumni making large donations and suddenly their kid gets in. Surprise. Um, for the most part, you know, you realize, well, they donated money to the campus or the school somehow. Maybe they built a new library or a, uh, upgraded a gym, you know, and, mo- and other children, other students would benefit from that. But the recent scandal took it a step 
I'd say Laura, they, it was superimposed faces on other students' bodies and claimed they were athletes and they were not. Um, you know, they took tests that we all take in standardized testing rooms with a proctor. They took them in a hotel room. Like that didn't send any flags up for the student. You know, they're, they're saying my student didn't know, you know, or I tried to just get them in the back door and, you know, I didn't want them to be involved in, in any of this scheme. Well, if they're taking a test in a hotel room, that's kind of a red flag for me being that the test is offered around the state, every state in every, in many high schools, not every on Saturday mornings. So why did you particularly have to have your test done in a hotel room one-on-one? What does a kid go through for like testing for um, those testing for like getting into college? What does they have? What, they, what is like that when they walk in the door and stuff like that? You know, they're taking the PSAT probably sophomore year to see, you know, where they gauge um, how much they do know or, you know, is the test right for them. They're taking it once, maybe twice junior year, and then you're applying to college your earlier senior year. Um, so, you know, it's you've got to take those tests on schedule so that everything stays on par. But nowadays, a lot of the schools are realizing that it's an antiquated test. It was developed years ago to try and um, search the country for other talented males for the Harvard-Yale kind of system, whatever. And, you know, how much sense does it make today? Yeah. So a lot of schools are are, are waiving test numbers. It's, you know, uh, it's you don't have to take the test. You don't have to provide scores. You know, maybe they're looking for other things. Well, basically, like the test day, they come in, it's like, you know, basically pockets inside out, you know. Yeah, yeah. I've been a proctor and I did the AP exams. All the students' personal belongings over in the corner of the room where they can't touch, smell, see, you know, anything. Nothing can be near them. Um, you hand out a, the test booklet. It's closed properly with a sticker showing that it has the seal has not been broken. You collect that portion. You send out another. Because in the past, kids were super smart. I mean, the college board has spent so much time trying to negate any possible testing situation that, you know, would cause question on anyone's results um, more so than, you know, developing other testing, maybe improving the test, changing the test, whatever. But they recently did change it. It is stressful. Most kids still take it, but that's, you know, that's the start of the college process. I would say that's the start for the, the student. The parent should start by doing the research. It's just research, research, research. You can't get enough research. Nowadays, you can't. I don't think you can avoid being online in some type of parent forum. That's really a, a good start. I mean, my son just started first grade. I got a little ways to go, but I mean, <laughs> it's going to come by like that. You know what I mean? Uh, yes, it is. He has to have his first reading assessment next week before he enters the kindergarten. So it's like, we're, I'm already starting the process. Got all the paperwork. Yes. I'm like, yes. next thing I know, college is going to be here. <laughs> yes. True. And you don't think it goes that fast. It's all on a track. And I think the earlier the parents and the student develop their readiness. Like if their path is college, great. Then you start the whole research and everything. It may not be that way. They may not be a lover of learning. They may choose to do something more with their hands or some kind of skill they developed. That's fine too. But with the price of college these days, and I can't even imagine what it'll cost for your child to go to school by the time he gets there. It, the inflation, the, the rate that it's inflating is incredible. It's what, I mean, I've heard something the other day about, I, I meant, I think I heard something the other day on the radio, how, you know, the whole problem with the college scandal and kids just not applying to one or two schools. They're applying to oh, no. a ton of schools. 
that's the other, I guess that's the, <laughs> it's not a cost effective way to do it, but um, kids now are realizing they've got to apply to eight to 13 schools on average. And these applications wow. are not cheap. They're, I'm going to say 70, 75 now per school. So you're spending a ton of money to apply to 13 schools. <laughs> um, you're not getting that money back when they say no, or they waitlist you. So then, you know, write that money off. Then you're paying for all the testing scores and to electronically send the score to the school. You're probably paying for test prep. You're paying for maybe a college counselor to give you some guidance. You're paying maybe someone to do your taxes because it's just a money maker all the way along. You're just handing out money to the next hand <laughs> every step. We notice all the big schools too. And I'm like, I won't name names, but all the big schools have big endow like all endowments and all yes. stuff. And I'm like, and, and they keep charging the kids. Crazy That's money. true. And, but I mean, I was at the time of this recording. There was a college down, I think, down south that the um, the, the speaker when they graduated paid off all the loans and the students. The students, uh, like, oh, uh huh. They should be they should be laughing from now until they you know their last day on this earth that they they walked away with you know a free college education. You know that that was amazing to hear that. I was like, wow. You know, maybe a few more millionaires will step up. But that's again, that's a bandaid on this situation. It's just it's it, you can hear the numbers. There's 1.5 trillion dollars worth of student debt. Forty percent of all. Uh, student loans are in default. It will affect the economy at some point. I keep telling anybody that listens, you know, if this isn't discussed in the next election, I don't know when they're going to discuss it because it will squeeze the economy so tight. Like my kids are not going to go out and buy cars and buy a condo and go eat dinner in town every night at your lovely little restaurant because you don't have that disposable income when you've got loans to pay off. It's just, they want to get out from under the debt, but you know, everyone's going to say, well, maybe you shouldn't have sent your kid to school. Every kid has a right to education. They should be educated. And nowadays, I was explaining to someone else, isn't it odd that you know, just to be a teacher, you need to have a four-year degree and probably a few more years of you know, either a year or more of special education, which most of them do. If you even just take Rutgers, which is about 38000 I think, for in-state, and you take that and you're paying that four years at least, you come out and you probably have debt because you've taken the loan and now you're a teacher. And what do you make when you come out? I, I just saw a commercial just before we started. I guess there was a public school teacher in New York City making $25,000. you are not even making what it costs for a year of college. So how are you paying those loans off? Yeah, and they're saying a lot of teachers are leaving the field because you start in the field and realize this is not going anywhere. And that's just one profession. I'm not just saying it's only teachers, but there's a lot of professions that expect undergraduate degree. Many are speaking now asking for a master's degree. Who can afford that? Have you ever talked to any other parents about it? Like in conversation with parents? <laughs> Uh, I did eight years of substitute teaching in the school system. I was on a parent board that uh, supported our guidance committee. So we, you know, pushed out information and made sure people, you know, sped up communications between um, the faculty and the district as a whole. I have plenty of friends. I wrote a few articles on this because suddenly I became the poster child. Like, Hey, you've, <laughs> you've sent one off to college. You're doing it again. You learned a lot the first time, you know, what did you learn? Share your experience. There is a lot to learn, but it's, it's so funny. I mean, I can give a lot of advice, but until you're in it, you don't know what you don't know and you don't know what you need until you're there. 
So it's it's very personal because you really have to look at it. Like I said, the, the child has to decide if that's their path. The parent has to research. But then you, uh, you, your parent and your child have to sit together and decide what's the best way to optimize this opportunity for their family, really. Because you know, you're, you're putting up some big bucks, whether it's your bucks, grandpa's bucks, you know, uh, alone, something. You know, it's, it's a big investment. And to rely on just the guidance counselor as much as they do and as great as they are and they're a great resource – you don't really want to put your hundreds of thousands of dollars in someone else's hands to guide you. You know, you want to be hands-on. Well, it's like you mentioned before, not everybody has to, I mean, everybody deserves education, but not everybody has to go. No, no they don't. There's other opportunities, but I mean, as everybody needs a baker, they need a, you know, a police officer. Exactly. They need, yeah. need some people to do other stuff. But also, the, it's, it's, it's outrageous. I mean, like you said, the economy. There's a bubble. That's a bubble, right? Oh, there's a bubble Uh, that's coming. Uh, We haven't figured this out yet because the government is allowing the colleges to continually raise their tuition prices because they know we want our kids to go to college. We're going to go out and get a loan. And that loan cannot be wiped from bankruptcy from anything like you own, you owe that loan forever until it's paid off. So they just keep getting their money back. So what it, nobody has any skin in the game except the student. So the college doesn't even have to, you know, mine, one just graduated. They're not on the hook for anything. They don't care if he gets a job or what he does or whatever. They just want to be paid back. You know, just keep paying because they loaned out some money and they know it's coming back. You're just going to have to figure out how to do that. It's the craziest way to do business. It's almost like, I was thinking about this the other day, the mortgage crisis, for instance, you had banks loaning all kinds of money to people to go buy houses and they didn't even look at their credit score or their income or whatever. You're doing this to 18 year old kids. You're allowing them to borrow hundreds of, all right, maybe it's thousands of dollars. You have no idea what their job is in the end. And then at the end they go, okay, um, that loan that you have, we're, we're here to collect now. And they don't care what your income is. And, and, you know, there has to be something done about income-driven repayment system. You have to, in Europe, they do it. Until you, you don't start paying your loan until you make a certain percentage where you can live because the government doesn't want to put you on the dole or on, you know, on, on welfare or anything. So you start paying when your salary allows it. And there's some a portion of the loan that you begin paying. Otherwise, we're going to do this default thing round and round and round. There's another one thing that I, I, I noticed too. And I like this with quotations. This is what you, there's a, there's a college that will take your money. <laughs> I learned that very early on. And when the person said it, it was a complete stranger, I was in, I had a boutique at the time. Woman came in, overheard us speaking, me and another customer. She said, are you talking about college? And we said, you know, oh, we're stressed You know, our kids are almost there. We start to look and everything. I don't know where to start. And, you know, how are they going to get in? How do they go? And she looked at me and said, oh, honey, you know, if you're worried about that, there is a college out there that will take your money. And, and when she said it that way, I went, you know what? I'm sure she's right because there's so many. It's when you're looking for schools, for colleges, there's so many different levels. You know, there's Ivy League, of course. There's highly competitive. There's your average state school there's your smaller school there's your county college there's a level for every learner which is just like you know your travel soccer or your travel baseball teams if you know if you're really good you play at the top if you're mediocre if you just want to do it on the side maybe you play rec it's the same thing for education but i think the mark has moved these days it's not really focused on education it's about money it's what can you afford to go to and that shouldn't be the reason that you go where you don't go to a school talk about money about going through the um, sign up for the college and stuff and going through the process is there different ways like that can help parents and a kid pay for college besides uh, the parents or the, you know, other ways to source of money? 
Well, of course, uh, the recent scandal showed that you can get a scholarship if your picture looks, you know, enticing <laughs> and you look like an athlete. But, um, you know, of course, there are kids that it changes their life, that they are, you know, the football player from the inner city or whatever, didn't even plan on college and they get a, a scholarship to go. That's absolutely fantastic. Life changing for the child. Otherwise, you know, you do get merit money if you score well on tests or maybe they like your grades enough or, you know, whatever it is. When you apply to college, it, the whole system's backwards. You're paying this fee to put in your application. They tell you yes or no, like, okay, you get a yes. You go, okay, you can come. And you go, great, I got in. But you don't even know your price tag yet. So the annoying part is, you know, you're sitting at the parent orientation. You're looking at parents next to your students next to you and go, you're not paying what I'm paying to be here. We're eating the same food. We're living in the same dorm. We're listening to the same professor in the same room with the same books. And there's all different prices going on. So it's really about how you negotiate your deal. You must have an advocate for yourself on the other end in financial aid or in the admissions office. You, you need to have that other contact that you can call and say, what do I do? I have a question. Or what do you think? How's the best way to tackle this? They've all tackled it a million times. Your question will not be the first. <laughs> well, it's interesting about the people, the, the um, celebrities that got the kids and stuff. Like mm-hmm. And I think there was, I'm not going to, like I said, I don't remember the exact name, so I won't say it. One of the students, like, I didn't want to go to school. I'm here. I know. Oh, that like, broke my heart. Yeah, that broke my heart because there are so many children in this country dying to go. First generation, you know, the first one in their families, whatever. And you didn't need to go. You could have lived off daddy's money. You were an influencer anyway on social media. You had some income. You were sponsored by different uh, beauty rep lines. You didn't have to go, but you wanted to go to, you know, experience it or whatever. That's not a reason to go spend, to go take someone else's spot that would have earned it, you know, through merit or, or talent or whatever. So that was heartbreaking to hear. That was hard to go like, you know, you're, you're taking this so lightly when there's other kids, you know, sleepless at night trying to get into that same school. I mean, how stressful, the, how stressful the kids get going with that problem? Oh, that's the problem is being in a school and, and substituting. I often say parents should be required to substitute for a week a year in their school, it would be a social science experiment to see the other kid. Like you think you might have it hard or your kids driving you nuts or whatever. When you see what other kids are going through or hear them speak or whatever, and you get a glimpse into maybe their world or maybe, you know, maybe you think this kid has it easy. That family is just, you know, cruising. Everything seems to work out for them. Not necessarily. These kids are so stressed out these days. I can't tell you the number of kids that are medicated or that have some kind of issue. They need some counseling, whatever it is, but they're very high strung. Everything is the A is the goal, the holy grail. They are they will do anything. And I'm not saying every kid cheats, but I'm just saying everyone's trying to get the less studying or the less input they can do is better for them. So that's what they're looking for. It kind of drops to the lowest common denominator, like how easy, how, how less the the less amount of work that they can do to put into that class to get the best grade is basically what they're after. Um, so there's not a lot of learning going on. You know, they get a lot of projects and homework and all that stuff, but really what are they retaining if we're asking them to do five AP classes and race through the subject and they're, they're taking it in and they're spitting it back out on a test just to get the A. And then they're grade bargaining at the end of the semester going, you know, hey, can I do something for extra credit? Because my grade wasn't, you know, what are we doing? Are we running after the A? Are we trying to groom the kids that are passionate about a subject and really get them to learn and enjoy it? 
that's kind of the scarier side of it. It seems like they're already all stressed out the max before you can get to college. Stressed out before they go. The saddest part, I would say, is about November time for the seniors that are in high school. Every single day, they should just have it on record because everyone comes up to me and goes, what school are you going to? What school are you going to? What school did you probably do? What school you get into? And it's always like, where are you going? Where are you going? And my middle child was stopped in her tracks. She was on a service trip in a uh, very poor area of the country. They were there for a week. Homeowner comes up to her and says, hey, he said, uh, are you going to college? And it was, she, she came back to tell me it was the way he asked me. She goes, I've never been asked, are you going to college here at home? It's where are you going? It's the assumption that you are going. <laughs> and I think the kids, every kid, whether you're ready or not, you feel that pressure. Like everybody else is going, I have to go with it. Like, it's almost like a herd of sheep. They're just following the masses. Like, this is what we do. You know, and the big thing to get into any you know, what you call a decent school. If you want to go to a particular school, you've got to stand out these days. Even my youngest one, the most talented athlete and student among the group, you know, it was kind of eye-opening to go, wow, she doesn't even stand out. She was very, she was put into a, a middle category of like, you know what, there's a lot of girls with your GPA and everybody does community service and everybody's an athlete. And it was, it, it was scary how watered down it is because the co- the competition is that large. How about, um, how, how can somebody stand out? How can, because you have three kids been to college. Mm-hmm. How can the kids stand out? I was just reading recommendations uh, the other day also from the head of the college board. I mean, ages ago, the common application that most people use to apply to college, because most colleges take that, accept that format, they would have about 10 lines on the application of volunteer things or, or things that you were involved in during high school, you know, list your activities. They've cut it down to, I think, four, and they might even, some schools are considering cutting it to three. The general recommendation is colleges don't want to see some long list of like I did every sport given to me at, you know, the opportunity I was in every club. I did everything in church and the community, you know, when you're spread too thin, you're only really touching, you know, it's just the, the tip of the iceberg. They want to see your passion. So if you have one to two things that you started even in middle school and you found this interest and you carried it through high school, they want to see consistency and depth. It's not about doing everything and being everything. And I think that's where we're losing track. I think I'm what I'm seeing from the, the student side is they're all trying to be what the college wants them to be. It should be totally reversed. We should be having the schools chasing the students saying, we love your background. You fit our spectrum or, you know, the, the type of student we want. We want what you have and go after the students. Why are we all scrambling and, you know, sending out 13 applications to all these schools, which they're collecting millions just on applications millions it's like it's like a big business like big oil it's, it's huge it's huge it's like any other big business it's crazy and it really doesn't have to be it, it you know we're making it that way because we get caught up in it's a game of fear and it just it's all gone backwards so you know you have to lay out all this money first to find out that you get in and then you don't even know your price tag and you're negotiating with the school but you have to put a deposit down may 1st of where you're going to hold your spot and you know you're coming down to the wire and you don't know your final price tag, you know, maybe you're trying to make things work and, you know, figure out how you're covering some expenses and you get knee deep in, you can't back out then and go, uh, you know what, I'm going to go with plan B and go to the other school that accepted me because you're already knee deep in. You bought the t-shirt, you told everybody you're going here. There are kids that switch after, you know, college t-shirt day on May 1st. They go, oh, you know, I got a better (laughs) deal. 
they do. So, you know, if you get a better deal, you know, more power to you. But um, it's that you get so far in with one school and you go, you know, there's no real changing your mind. You can drop out. But then, I mean, you're taking a gap year or having an. Another plans. May 1st is college t-shirt. That's interesting. <laughs> yes, because your deposit has to be in. So you have committed to that school. I had a friend that could not, student couldn't commit. She put four deposits down. That's $500 at every school. So you now wasted money and you took away spots that other people are now on the wait list for. So now they're stressed out or they went to another school. You know, you'd have to take another offer. Basically, it's, it's absolutely crazy. And we're feeling the fire. Um, another thing I'm talking about is your upcoming book. You're, you're going to write a book about this topic. Yes. Uh, it's been in the works for a little while only because the friends were the instigators that said, you know what, you, you have so much experience and you always are telling us, you know, things we want to know. You got to write this down on paper. And I thought, let me take a t- some time and just put some pencil. It wasn't pencil and paper, but I typed it out. Um, the book should hopefully be out this fall because it'd be great timing for the next group of seniors. But I'm really trying to target the eighth grader. You're walking into those doors of high school. What do you need to do with colleges on your radar? Because the college application will include anything and everything you've done from freshman year on. Now, just reading some feedback from the college board, they're toying around with maybe we don't really ask or demand to know what they did all four years. Maybe it's just three because you have to let the child or the student um, at that point, the high school student, at least feel things out. Freshman year is that year. Like I've got to look around at my high school. Usually the high schools are quite big. It's bigger than their middle school. They offer a lot more. They need to find like what they're interested in. Maybe they failed at something. Maybe they got cut from a team or whatever. And okay, that sport's not for me. Or they dabbled in you know, some IT club, whatever, and then, you know, that's not me. And you don't want to list something on the application and look like you started something and you stopped or you failed and you, you couldn't rebound. Like they want to give them a little bit, you know, everything doesn't have to be serious. And I think they're kind of getting that right now where, you know what, maybe we can give them freshman year. They don't have to list that stuff. So um, my book is trying to guide that student and the, and the family, because if your kid's on that college path, the, the parents have a lot of research to do. How are you going to afford this? Where do you want to look? Where, how far away do you want your student to be? Mine are all in driving distance. I just didn't feel the need to commute them and put them on a plane and mail stuff there. And you know, it's just all the more expense. Yeah. I guess some final thoughts wrapping up. What are your final thoughts for parents? Give you like one or two tips so you help them out in their situation. For parents, I really want them to take a deep breath and calm down. And I heard a great comment that C's get degrees as well. You're not, everyone has the valedictorian. Not everyone has a lover of learning. Um, there is a path for everyone. There's a school for everyone. Like I said, someone will gladly take your money. Um, it's for parents, just research, do what you can make it, it. It is a very difficult time to work with your child. You don't even want to talk. Your child doesn't want to talk. They feel the pressure, but if you can just take a deep breath and listen to your student where they want to go and just really be honest with yourself and know, are they college ready? Are they ready to make this jump? We all assume that every 18 year old is, and some are just not, and it's okay. Well, um, where they can connect with you if they want to reach out and ask any questions. They can reach me. I'm on Instagram. I am Steph Crowley 109 on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn as Stephanie Crowley. And I'm on Facebook in a lot of forums <laughs> um, as Stephanie Crowley as well. Stephanie, thank you very much for being on the podcast. And I really do appreciate it. And I'm, thank you for being here. Thank you for the opportunity. Well, wrapping up this episode, I really want to thank Stephanie Crowley for being a guest on the podcast. Any question, contact her or email at Stephanie Crowley at optonline.com. That will be in the show notes. You can find all the links in the show notes over at nocityonthesideline.com slash six, seven.
please reach out, leave a comment, leave a question. Just say hello. Hey, how you doing? You can find all the contact information from me, like my social media, email, phone, even phone number at nosittingonthesideline.com slash contact. Wrapping up final thoughts. Yeah, college, <laughs> it can be a lengthy process and a very expensive process. Do your research because college is big business and it's a lot of money. So make sure you know where the money's going. Well, thank you for listening. Until next time, take care. God bless. Give your kids a hug. Tell them how much you love them. See ya. Thank you for listening to the podcast. Please subscribe to the newsletter to receive updates of the show and helpful and useful tips. This has been a production of Foley 42 Media. Thank you.